Hello everyone, welcome to Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor here and bringing another uh, USFL offseason coverage episode to everyone out there. Um, a lot has happened again since last episode. Um, first of all, I got shit on for uh, how I pronounce Kyle Slaughter. Apparently it's Slaughter, Slaughter, Slaughter. Trying to get used to that, but I uh, got ripped to, to shreds, I guess you can say, in Discord. So just correcting myself there. Sorry, you grammar Nazis out there, but I mean, I guess it is disrespectful to mispronounce someone's name, but at the same time, you know, slaughter, slaughter, it's like water, water, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think, I don't think it's a big deal, but um, if it pissed anyone else out there, uh, if it pissed anyone off out there other than a few people, I apologize, um, and shout out to Kyle Slaughter for being uh, just a legend, but uh, moving forward with more USFL offseason signings, free agency signings, um, we have some big news regarding the MVP of Season 2 as well. Um, but first, I'd just like to get out of the way. I still do not have Deion Kane's contract or team information. Um, hopefully, by the next episode, I, I'll get that information to everyone. Um, but as of, I guess, with that aside, um, the only signing to the NFL since last episode was Alex Magoo. He did have a workout with the Green Bay Packers on July 18th, I believe that was. Yep. And they signed him right after it. So, I mean, that's just something really awesome to see that he clearly has something that the Green Bay Packers organization, coaching staff, are, are fond of. Um, and, and to be signed immediately after your workout, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's telling. Um, and, and there is a high possibility that he might see the field this year. Um, you know, that's a stretch. But he was a USFL MVP, two-time champion. I mean, his team... Not his personal record, but his team he was a part of went 21-3 and in two seasons. This guy's a winner. He's very competitive, and he's very good at what he does. Very good, versatile quarterback, good on his legs, quick feet, but an, either, an even nicer arm. If he you know refines his pocket ability, he could be dangerous, man. He, he really could be, and I, I'm glad that he went to a, a sound club like the Packers. We'll see how he does through um, training camp and stuff like that. I'm going to keep my eyes on Magoo for sure. A.K.A. McGoat, and as a Lions fan, I, I'm I'm scared, man. If Jordan Love comes out there and shits the bed, and they got Alex Magoo there, I'm putting Alex fucking Magoo in, and I, I think I talked about this earlier, I, this guy's an MVP of the NFL. I'm kidding, bro. I'm, I'm not trying to set the bar so high for him, but um, no, I, I could definitely see him, you know, this is a gruesome game. People get injured, people fail, people are busts. You could see him potentially get a start. You know, you never know. Any given Sunday, so just shout out to Alex Magoo for furthering his football career and you know getting into a good club and a good building like the Green Bay Packers. Um, as far as some free agency signings, I have strong safety Sean Malone uh, going to the Panthers. Uh, good pickup for them. They need more help on that backside. Uh, and then the Stallions pick up offensive lineman O'Shea Dugas. Um, so awesome to see the Stallions continue to grow and get better on all levels of the game. I mean, they've been very consistent um, this offseason thus far. Uh, they also picked up, well, they re-signed wide receiver Mar Marlon Williams, as well as fullback Bobby Hawley, both playing for the Stallions. Both are year three players now. Um, and then as well as the Panthers getting offensive tackle Josh Dunlop. He had a, some good reps last season. I'm glad they're bringing him back. Um, and then the uh, draft pick, from Southern Illinois, uh, I think it was a 10th round draft pick to the Memphis Showboats, I believe, but uh, 
Free safety Antonio T.J. Fletcher uh, going to the Memphis Showboats. Um, like I said, he was a draft pick in the uh, draft before the season, and he's out of Southern Illinois, and I'd like to see what he has. I mean, I, the Showboats always tend to have, you know, at least a somewhat decent defense other than that, you know, anomaly, that 42-2 to two game. But um, I, I like I like that signing for them. And then defensive end Victor Jones out of Akron. Um, he's going to the Generals, as well as running back Jalen Holston out of Virginia Tech going to the Generals as well. Um, moving forward here to wide receiver Jordan Sewell getting re-signed to the Philadelphia Stars. Um, so that's a really big deal in my opinion. I think he's a really good wide receiver. Got injured early last year, um, kind of mid-season last year, and missed a good portion of the year. Um he was good for them in season one. Big reason why they made it to the championship game. But I'm glad that he's going to be returning, and hopefully, him and Case Cookus can continue that chemistry that they've built over the course of two seasons. And then the Stallions re-signed uh, punter Colby Wadman, probably the best punter or second best punter behind Brock Wright in the USFL. Um, had a really good season this year. I'm glad they're bringing him back to solidify that special teams unit to to, to kind of keep the water's the same. I mean, you see the Generals bringing back a lot of their foundational pieces. I'd like to see the Stallions do that, and they have. I mean, I, I didn't touch up on it, but Marlon Williams, that's huge. He tore his Achilles in the first week of the year um, and has been in recovery all season. So it's going to be really awesome to see him come back for that three-peat because he does have two rings either way, and I think him and J.M.R. Smith will pick up where they left off in that opening week. And the first play of the season for the Stallions, I believe, was a like a 73-yard touchdown. So really awesome to see um, Marlon Williams come back for sure. I know I didn't touch up on it when I said it originally, but just one of those guys that is a really good playmaker in this league. And, you know, if he's able to recover and show kind of a different speed this upcoming season, definitely deserves a tryout or at least some kind of, you know, practice squad uh, spot on an NFL team because he has the speed and he's very sure-handed. And honestly, if he played this entire season, I would still consider him the best USFL wide receiver. Um, in season one, he definitely was that, uh, if not Kevontae Turpin, but even though Turpin kind of got his status uh, on that special teams unit, but uh, Marlon Williams has been a consistent playmaker for this Birmingham Stallions team, so I really want them to continue to bring back these pieces that have been proven, you know, and Skip Holtz, if he's able to return and go for the three-peat, I think he'll be the best spring head coach of all time, Um, and, you know, obviously this team will be the best dynasty in spring football history, and I think that's really awesome to see and say. But um, kind of other big news on the front of, I guess, the league. And we can briefly touch up on that towards the end of the episode. But I also just wanted to like kind of go in depth on just the value of just these USFL, like these alternative leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so good for player development. It is so good for just the ability to be able to show what players can do in-game. Um, those are more valuable than anything that you can get on a practice squad or anything that you can get, you know, in mini camp and training camp, game reps, like they're as valuable as preseason games, in my personal opinion, especially for some of the skill positions like tight end. We saw Josh Peterson get, get called up, you know, to the Jags. We saw um, Alex Magoo just get called up to the Packers. There, there's so many alternatives. And, and I also just want to kind of briefly talk about the fact that I do believe, I predicted that there would be more players in the USFL signed this season, but it's not looking like it's going to be. Um, and it's for this one sole reason. I think teams have the tape. 
in the NFL, the NFL clubs have the tape. They know what these players are. You know, if they're needed, they will be addressed. But um, I think I think the, the fact that the USFL is going to be able to attain and retain talent is what the key factor is. So we'll see some reoccurring players. We'll see some actual legacy names in this USFL league. But with the news that I'm also going to be breaking because of the player allocation news from the NFL to the USFL, um, and the NFL will only have one cut for their roster sizes on 8 23 um, from 93 to 54. So, no, excuse me, 53. So that's something to keep an eye out for, the fact that players from the NFL that don't make the final roster will probably be going to the USFL. What does that mean? That means better quality play, better quality teams, more competition, potentially even more players to create more rosters with so an expansion could be inbound. Now, I don't know if it's happening this season, um, but I would really like it to, um, not expansion, but the player allocation. I think it will, um, and we'll see some bigger names come back into the USFL next season. So I think that's crucial to talk about just for a second because you're upping the quality. You're creating almost like a funnel development system for players in in all categories to get into the NFL if they're good enough, if they have if they play at that speed, obviously, and it's very easy to tell if a player is playing at a different speed. You saw Mark Thompson, you see Alex Magoo, you see Deion Kane in that championship game. Guys like that are playing at different speeds. You know, and look at Keavatizino, look at Ruben Foster, guys making plays knowing the field, having high football IQ because they've experienced higher level and stages of play. And I think if we're able to elevate this USFL league as far as level and stage of play, I think that's going to be huge, not just for player development, but just for the fact alone of just drawing in more of an audience because you're going to get more competitive teams, more competitive games, more competitive seasons, more competitive postseasons, potentially an expansion. Um, and not a potentially, there's definitely going to be an expansion. If they don't expand by season four or at the very least season five, then they're not doing something right because having an eight-team league, it's cool to start with, but it's just after a while, it's going to be not enough. It really won't be because there's going to be too many players, too many good players at quarterback three. You know what I'm saying? Like Kyle Sloter. And I, I said his name right there to all those people out there on Discord that'll probably tear him into shreds, but... Um, just in general, though, I think it's an, it's a very crucial part of the off-the-field optics and logistics of football is the fact that this league is going to be able to develop talent and it's going to be able to go to the highest stage of football. And I think that's a crucial point for just the the solid, like, the solid foundation of the USFL is that's what it's going to be built on, opportunities. You can get to the NFL. You can go there if you haven't been. You can get back there if you already have been. That's the premise. That's the goal. Um, but also, as a league in general, they need to make sure that they're reattaining and kind of creating a legacy of their own, having an individuality, uh, in a sense, of, of of a league, you know, having its own kind of vibe to it. And it does. It does. But with the player allocation, I can see how people can be fear fearful of the fact that it might just become like legit an NFL minor league, which I'm not even going to be upset about. Like the, the, the games will be better. The play will be better. You know, there'll be more relation to, to, to home cities, more money coming to the league. I, I think it's just overall, you can't lose in that situation. Obviously, if the NFL just buys it and says, fuck you, then yeah. But 
I don't think that that's what they'll do because the NFL doesn't want to expand. Why not have that league that's below it and, and you can still use it to up your club's advantages and schemes and play. Maybe an owner for the fucking... The New Orleans Saints buys the New Orleans Breakers. You know, maybe the Detroit Lions owner buys the Michigan Panthers and they're able to like funnel players and, 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 and fans down to each level and create a whole other thing, but at the same time maintaining that sense of ownership over that team, but the, they're also using that team to help their NFL club with not only filling uh, roster holes, getting depth guys, maybe finding a starter, a diamond in the rough, you know, and, and I think that's crucial to discuss because there's not enough leagues or professional football at all. I mean, there's obviously the NFL, people are going to say that's enough, but honestly, for the amount of football players out there trying to live their dream, no, it's not because there's not enough out there to be able to, okay, there's we have a quarterback here. There's fucking thousands of players for each position trying to make it somehow, some way, some shape, some form. And it's really important to at least me that we're giving platforms and stages for some of these guys to be able to play on and, and make a living on, you know, and when we get to see storylines play out, you know, some cool full circle moments, maybe even a good, you know, a good headline of, oh, this guy's going to the NFL. That That's fucking awesome. Um, and, and especially if your team, if your town or state doesn't have an NFL team, you got a USFL team and you can root for that team and still see NFL quality talent playing on the field. I think that's crucial and incredibly important, but, um, yeah, I guess touching up more on the player allocation from what my understanding is, is that players that are cut from NFL rosters and, and like on that initial trim, um, are going to be able to, I guess, opt in or some kind of contractual agreement, or I'm sure there's some kind of option um, to go play in the USFL and and still be able to come back in time for the uh, next NFL season. Uh, and obviously, if you do really well in the USFL, you already saw an all-pro kick returner in Cavante Turpin make all-pro in his technical debut rookie season after being the USFL MVP. And then the next USFL MVP is Alex Magoo, quarterback for the Birmingham Stallions, well, former quarterback for the Birmingham Stallions, now quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, was signed immediately after his workout with them, his first workout. They, he impressed them that much. He showed that much that he can play that, that they don't want him to leave. You know, they, they couldn't let him leave the building. So this league gives players that opportunity to make that impact and that imprint on the NFL clubs, GMs, and executives but also maybe not even like further their playing career after this. Maybe look into coaching. I mean, the GM for the Stallions is like 22, and his team was 21-3 and three in two seasons. I definitely want him to come back and three-peat for sure. But, um, no, I, I think when we talk about all these new signings and, you know, all, all this activity, especially with the USFL in the offseason, it's very good. It's very crucial. It's incredibly... It's damning to see, like I've seen more off-season news and more off-season updates from the USFL after their season, both years after the XFLs, FCFs, you name it. But just one thing I would like to point out is that the Stallions and the Michigan Panthers are pretty, and the general and the New Jersey, and the New Jersey Generals are pretty much the only teams to make a decent amount of splash signings, re-signings. 
um, stuff like that. I mean, you have the stars with one signing, re-signing so far, and then the Showboats got a draft pick, which is good. Um, but I really haven't seen much activity from the Houston Gamblers, um, nor the New Orleans Breakers, um, pretty much any other team I didn't name. I haven't seen much activity from um, not even the Pittsburgh Maulers. I'm sure they're about to get poached because they were a championship defense. Um, but I know I'm really hopeful for a lot of these guys to, to get to the NFL, obviously, but my selfish side wants them to return to the USFL to continue to grow this league as far as fan base, quality of play, but also just nostalgic like moments. Like Reuben Foster like stopping that third and one QB rush in the championship game against Alex Magoo was something I'll never fucking forget. You just saw, you know, that was Reuben Foster. You know, that's him. You know, he, he may not have all of the things he once had on the field, but he still has that football IQ and he's still fucking strong as fuck, bro. So I just, things like that are, are things that kind of hit home different to me. Um, and w- when we talk about the USFL and, and just guys like, you know, Alex Magoo, I'm going to miss him. You know, I'm going to miss him in the USFL, and the USFL is going to miss him. But luckily, it couldn't have been a better team that he was playing for because they have two NFL-quality quarterbacks, in my opinion, on that roster for two seasons, Jamar Smith and Alex Magoo. And Jamar Smith obviously broke his, I think, his thumb on his throwing hand and was out for the season after week one. Um, But he already confirmed he's running it back with Marlon Williams. They were apparently recovery buddies, so that's really awesome to see that chemistry was built through the entire season while injured, and then through the entire offseason, I'm sure it's going to be the same thing. So it's going to be really cool to see the Stallions probably take off and still be the contender, still be the top dog. But as a Pittsburgh Maulers fan, I really hope the Maulers can win more than four games in the regular season. If they can go 6-4, and four, you know, win another playoff game, and then win a championship game, I'd love that next season, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um but another guy I didn't really touch up too much on real quick, Bobby Holly, a fullback for the Stallions. In year one, he had an incredibly acrobatic catch in the middle of the field uh, from Jamar Smith. And his re- Jamar Smith's a reaction after the throw and catch. He was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, and he didn't expect it. He was kind of just tossing it away to a safety valve check down there. Um, but uh, I'd love to see Bobby Holly back for his third season in the USFL. Um, I would love to see him maybe get a call up as a fullback because, I mean, the fullback position is very, you know, already limited in the NFL, and you can't really be bad at it. You have to be big, decent runner, sure-handed pass catcher, you know, no fumbles like that if they're going to use you in that regard. But at the same time, just your blocking has to be superb. And I think Bobby Holly has a really good blocking, uh, pass blocking ability, as well as just hitting the gap if there's a free rusher coming through. And, you know, I just really appreciate his game. I love the fullback position. Maybe it's because he kind of reminds me of Mike Allstott, and I kind of love that about him. I don't know why. He's never had like a like an A-train run, but you know he just has that build and has that kind of mentality to him. He's kind of just a dog on the field, and I really appreciate Bobby Holly coming back for the third season. And one thing about, you know, people are going to be like, oh, why are these guys coming back? Why aren't they trying to get to the NFL? You know, no. You know, they're trying to refine their craft, develop their personality, their character, and their game. And they have something special going on here in the USFL with a team that's going to potentially go three for three in championship games since its modern reincarnation. So I, I think that there is something to be said about that and something to be said about the fact that players are re-signing, but not just re-signing to one-year deals, but the two-year deals in the USFL. I think that's crucial. I think that's important. It's going to build their legacy and also put out more game tape. Maybe they can be a coach later on in their career. Maybe they could be a, 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 you know, a player... Um, personnel, or maybe they could be in a broadcaster. Maybe there's so much opportunity, um, especially in football right now, in in that time frame of the summer to to early fall, 
that it's kind of an open season, if you will, for for abilities to maybe get up to the NFL. You're the only one on TV at the time, but also, you know, if you're a little bit of an older player, you know, maybe you want to get a job in coaching at a local college, university, or community college, or maybe you want to get into high school coaching. Maybe you want to get into actual USFL coaching. I'm sure there's so many options once you get your foot in the door that it it, it becomes endless. And if you seize those opportunities, then you, you know, you won't regret it. And I think that's the crucial point, especially about the USFL, that I really enjoy. Even when I'm watching the game, I can tell everyone out there is trying their hardest, except John Dyson. Um, <laughs> shout out to John Dyson. Um, but you just really appreciate the grittiness of the league, you know, and it, it only will get better, especially with the more funds and the bigger the budget, the more teams, the more roster spots, and the, the more everything this league gets, it will get better and become its own. And I think that's going to be a really cool thing to see during the summertime is a real professional football league during the summertime. You know, not obviously not the NFL, but it's not going to be the XFL or FCF or any of those garbage water leagues that just kind of feel like they're arcade games and, you know, just a long shot like Kyle Sloter was talking about in his interview. Um, that I talked about in the last USFL um, episode as well. So just one last thing I wanted to touch up on as well before we wrap up this episode. Um, if anyone out there is you know, listening, tuning in, make sure everyone out there is following us on uh, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, um, TikTok, at Tea Time Reports. We're, we're posting a ton of Rays stuff, Tampa Bay Rowdy stuff, MLS stuff, USFL and NFL stuff, as well as movies, music, TV shows, you know, video games, stuff like that. It's just kind of an all-around community-based podcast. We're trying to interact as much as possible. So if there's any constructive criticism or anything along those lines that um, you'd like to offer or shoot shoot our way, definitely hit us up on all those platforms. Um, we also have an email if there's anything, you know, you wanted to pitch in on. Maybe you wanted to get an interview, line something up. Definitely hit, hit us up on that as well. Um, and shout-out to all the boys putting the work in on the show. Shout-out to Brandon, Logan, Caden, Brady, um, hopefully get Ty on here pretty soon. Uh, some things are lining up, and um, you know, as far as my mom and pops go, and I know I touched up on them a little bit, but their health is improving. So thank you, everyone, for your kind words and your nice messages that you sent to them and about them uh, to, to the show. And we They were well-received, and they're in recovery. So um, definitely the good good things to come. So that's, that's what's important in life is to keep your head up and keep pushing. And uh, make sure you're watching the USFL this upcoming season for season three, for sure. And make sure you're following us on Twitter. We're we're kind of massive, um, massively active on Twitter. Like, I'm not saying we're, we have a massive Twitter. We only have like 200 followers. But we are very active on Twitter. So definitely give us a follow on there. Definitely uh, keep showing your support. You know, download, follow the show, give us a rating. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, this is Trevor signing off. Take care, everyone.